Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Hi. Fireworks. It's hot. That confirmation hearing for uh, Kentenji Brown-Jackson is riveting. Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. Everyone is uh, ultra polite. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Everyone is, um, no one wants to take her on. I mean, there are things you can take her on about, all right? Soft on crime, crazy low sentences for child pornographers. She is just, uh, there's all kinds of issues with her. But everyone's being so nice. And even, I think it's fine if the Democrats are, but the Republicans are more than polite. They are obsequious. That's how I think this is going to go. They're obsequious. Now, why would they be so uh, deferential to this nominee for the Supreme Court? Let's see if we can untangle this puzzle. All right. What's going on here? She's um, ultra liberal, ultra woke. Um, leftist. Uh, let's see. Why are they taking her on? Hmm? Shall I fill in the blanks? She's a black woman. All right. So uh, they are going to hold her to lower standards, actually. I guess they don't have much respect for her. Uh, do we treat women differently in these circumstances? Do we treat black people differently in these circumstances? Nobody should be treated differently in these circumstances. Uh, you know, tough questions go for it. Everything about their record and everything about their life. I'm sorry, but I'm still smarting from what they did to Judge Kavanaugh. But no, 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 no. Uh, I'm what I'm hearing is, uh, even though Lindsey Graham made some noise about something, uh, what I'm hearing is they're going to let Marsha Blackburn do all. Who, who's that? That's the the one the the, the one woman they've got. Republican Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. She'll have to handle all the tough stuff. She's the one who can go there uh, because the optics are so terrible. What are the optics? A white man questioning a black woman? Yes, of course. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? It's, I mean, a white man can be questioned by a black woman, too. In fact, I saw What's-Her-Name do it, and she, let's face it, she was she's she's got a certain thing going on when she's sitting in judgment on that panel. What's her name? Uh, uh, Kamala Harris. She rode that all the way to the vice presidency. Why, why? Why not? Why can't they do it? I mean, do they think she'll break? Do they think she can't hack it? Do they think that somehow, I don't know, certain people in our society are just to be granted special privileges? I could give a damn what she looks like. OK, and I'll say this. You know what? You can like her. She said some beautiful things about faith. That's beautiful. I'm sure I might have a nice chat with her if I ever met her on Amtrak or something like that. You can chat with all kinds of people about all kinds of stuff. But this is your job to vet her like crazy. I already hear they're saying, oh, whatever happens here, we want to keep the decorum. We don't want any outbursts. They didn't say that when Judge Kavanaugh was going through there. (laughs) Uh, More outbursts, the merrier. That was a circus. That was out-of-control pandemonium. But no, that's democracy at work. And it's a beautiful thing. And then Judge, uh, no, not Judge, uh, what was her name? Professor Christine Blasey Ford showed up at the Kavanaugh hearings. 
And the Republican men on that panel even allow themselves to question that lunatic and her crazy story. The optics again. What would it look like if men question a woman? What the hell century are you guys living in? This is a 2022. Get with it. All right? Everybody's equal. Everybody can take it. Go for it. So they hired a female uh, prosecutor from Arizona. And every time it was time for a senator to say something, they turned it over to her. Uh, Yes, I yield the balance of my time to uh, uh, the woman we brought in so we don't have to ask the tough questions. I'm very disappointed in what's going on here. And again, it's a, the optics, the optics. The th- basically, certain people can be asked tough questions and not others. I mean, you see this all through life now. Certain people are desired for certain jobs, but not others. It's not on the merits. It's not on your ability. It's not on your experience. It's not on your judgment. It's not on your integrity. It's on whether you are black or white. I hate to put it like that, but that's the fact. Today on CNN, I, I saw somebody saying, <laughs> I would love to see one of those white male senators oppose her. After all, she went to Harvard Law School. So? I think Robert Bork went to Harvard Law School or Yale Law School. They all went to great law schools. So what? That's That's... That's like the entry point for the court. That's like a given. You were a good student. Now what? What did you do with your intelligence? How did you apply it? Your judgment. Again, the idea that because she went to certain schools and she looks a certain way that somehow this is all off limits. That is crazy town, and I need some of these so-called Republicans, most of them are rhinos. Lindsey Graham is good one day, terrible the next. I want them to stick up for what's right. What's right is what's right on the merits. Fair enough? I think that's totally fair. I really do. Uh, So that's the D.C. stuff. Uh, What about New York? Did you see that video? Of these ATV guys, you know, they ride dune buggies in the streets, like 500 of them up Third Avenue at a time. They have like a big meeting in Ronkonkoma or something like that. And they all ride down here and then they take over the streets. Well, a whole crew of them grabbed a father, a 64-year-old father and his son, 36, up on, I think, 127th Street, St. Nicholas Avenue, because uh, this guy... You know, it's very easy. It's very easy to annoy them. All right. They think they have full right of way. They they even have a system. They leapfrog each other and they stop traffic. So somehow they felt uh, offended or somehow the, the driver did them wrong. So do you call a cop? Do you maybe give them the middle finger and call it a day? No. These guys cornered them. <laughs> They, they park their little ATV scooters and get a car for crying out loud. Those things are stupid. They park their little ATV scooters, and a couple of them had those, uh, those dirt bikes, and they're popping wheelies like crazy. They cornered the car, made them stop, and then they opened the door, and they beat the hell out of both of them, dragged them out of the car. Did I say the son was 36 years old? The father, 64, kicked them, beat them. 
There's something really, really awful about kicking somebody when they're down. And I counted about 17 kicks. Um, one guy rode a motorcycle over them. Meanwhile, help is on the way, though. Eric Adams has handed out new T-shirts for the cops. The NYPD Safety Patrol. Sounds like something from a student council, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound? Do you remember when Peter Brady, they made him the hall monitor? Safety Patrol. Safety. Um, we really are in trouble. We have a dumb, corrupt mayor who's getting a great big fat pass for the same reason I mentioned uh, Katenji Jackson is getting a great big fake pass because of identity politics. You know, the women who work at the New York Times are pretty vicious, all right? White, black, they're just vicious people. And they sit around in judgment all day and they say awful things and they just – but funnily enough, when it comes to Mayor Eric – it's hands-off. Eric Adams is conducting an unprecedented effort to reach out to business leaders and is hosting a series of luncheons and coffees at Gracie Mansion, trying to woo them and say the pandemic is over. Wow. You know what he's really doing? He's looking for opportunities for himself. All right? If you're Eric and you basically have been outside on the fringe your whole life, you don't know what the hell's going on, you don't know how the world works, you never really did any honest work, you don't know what's going on. Suddenly, you can get the CEO of Google on the phone. Hey, what does New York City really have to do with Google right now? All right, they've had a head, they've had a building here for a long time. What pressing matters does he have to talk to the Google CEO about? Money for him. It so these conversations are not substantive. Nothing about this guy is substance. It's all wearing those silly suits, walking around bragging about being a vegan when he's not and going on vacation, coming back, hanging out, walking around with a big entourage, getting in and out of cars. That's what that's why he's that's why he's in it. That's why most of these politicians are in it. That's the prize, being important. You, me, getting stuff done? Uh-uh. What a bunch of suckers. What a bunch of suckers those who voted for him. All 50,000 of you, however, city of 8 million people, barely anybody voted. Barely anybody voted. 8 million people. How many votes did he get? He got like 230,000. That is nothing. That's absolutely nothing. So something else, something else. Uh, The Hunter Biden laptop is uh, double confirmed true. I knew it a long time ago. I knew it in the fall of 2020, and I wasn't afraid to talk about it on television even though big media, small media, big tech were doing all kinds of things to minimize me, to uh, uh, chase me away. all They succeeded with a lot of people. The New York Post was big and bold and brave, but they turned the post off. They kicked them off of social media. Now that the New York Times has confirmed that Hunter Biden's laptop is real, this is not hacked material. This Nobody stole the laptop. Hunter Biden himself dropped it off at a repair shop in Wilmington, and he left it there for three months. And right on the receipt, it says, articles not claimed within 90 days become the property of the store owner. And a guy named Mac Isaac turned it over to the FBI. What did the FBI do? Nothing. Fortunately, Mac Isaac had his own copy. 
and he sent it to uh, Mr. Costello and I think Mr. Giuliani. Why not? It's relevant. Hey, it also doesn't matter what his motives were. I think his motives were pure. But it doesn't matter. People go to news organizations all the time with all kinds of motivations. I've been in the, I've been in New York Post page 6 about I don't know, maybe two dozen times. Half of them at least were negative. Now, did they bother? Did they, well, why are you saying this about Greg Kelly? What are your motives? Are you trying to hurt him? You're damn right they were trying to hurt me. Did they care? Not the single out New York Post. I generally like them, and it's it, it's okay. It goes with the territory. What would, What's your motivation here? It doesn't matter what the motivation was. Somebody leaked 10,000 pages of Donald Trump's tax returns. Now, what was their motivation? To hurt Trump, you dummy. We all know that. Did anybody break the chops of Rachel Maddow when she started her primetime show in the heart of the campaign? Look, we have the tax returns. And it shows that, uh uh-oh, they found that live on TV. It shows that Donald Trump is a billionaire and he paid tens of millions of dollars in taxes. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Well, he should have paid more in taxes. Yeah, 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 that's it. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But oh, so the thing about the, <laughs> the Hunter Biden laptop—it's no—it's no longer fake news. I got to come up with a new term because I—I I do say the fake news just doesn't get it. Everybody knows the fake news just doesn't get it, Greg. You know that, right? I do know that, but fake news doesn't go. Doesn't it's not hard enough. It's not strong enough. They are more than activists. They are co-conspirators in a cover-up. They are they are cover up co conspirators. George Stephanopoulos, Chuck Todd, Jake Tapper, uh, the uh, nobody but nobody on all of those Sunday shows. And like a fool, I actually watched them. Mentioned it. It's all. It's it's nothing. It's not. No. 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 Talk about disinformation. They they thought that they could fool half the country. They didn't. By the way. They didn't because, well, Americans know in their gut what's really going on. They do. They do. And we will have the last laugh. Be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. is The Greg Kelly Show. So the city is falling apart. And some woman named Julia Marsh, who is the New York editor for Politico, um just posted a picture of Eric Adams. Eric Adams got a new going out jacket by a local designer. He modeled for us on the steps of City Hall this morning. Well, I'm glad he's having fun. The The jacket is hideous, by the way. It's just a, oh, a, oh, guess whose name it has on it? Eric Adams. So picture a standard overcoat, a standard brown overcoat, right? But half of it is yellow with faces all over it, uh, some street signs and, and buildings and masks, faces, just all kinds of weird stuff. And big name, Eric Adams. Eric Adams. <laughs> Who the hell walks around with the, 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 their own name on their own? Who does that? I think it's very, very egocentric, right? Don't you agree? Hey, the other thing, uh, in addition to uh, Hunter Biden's laptop that's floating around out there, you know, <laughs> these Biden kids really are too much. Uh, <laughs> they're they're very careless with sensitive material. All right, now uh, I 
I mean, he's got a fetish or something, but, you know, he, he videoed himself uh, having sex and all these pictures uh, on, on his computer, on his, on his laptop. All right, hold on a second. Let me set it up, uh, young lady. Let me just set it up so they can see both of us in this picture. All right. Oh, oh ooh, wow. I look good there, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he did this stuff. Now, that's just whatever. Uh, it's the emails. It's the stuff about Burisma. It's the stuff about China. It's the stuff about Ukraine. It's the stuff about Russia. It's about 10% for the big guy. You know who the big guy is? It's code for his dad. It's code for his father. He talks about setting up meetings and dinners, and there will be lots of public, not public, weirdo international figures there who want stuff from the United States. And he's engineering it, so his dad just happens to come by. 10% for the big guy. Now, let's pretend for a moment if we got Donald Trump's, Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop, and he had similar material on that laptop. Do you think people would be wringing their hands about the ethics of it all? No! They just run, run, run with it. Run with it. Because it would be a juicy story. Just like this is a juicy story. Nobody hacked into that email. Nobody hacked into anything. It wasn't uh, leaked. It was lost and found. What's that principle? I think the Supreme Court once ruled on it. Finders keepers. <laughs> just, anyway, so he can't keep track of his laptop. And Ashley Biden... Daughter of Joe, who you don't see much of. She kept a diary with very personal observations and all kinds of things. She loses that. Now, it wasn't stolen. It wasn't. um, I mean, what happens when you rent a house? And instead of when you leave at the end of the lease, you, you leave a big trunk of stuff there. And you never go back to get it. Now, who is that on? Is it on your landlord? No. Look at your lease. You Look at the lease. The landlord can do basically whatever they want with your stuff if you leave it there and you're not paying rent. So she lives her, she leaves her diary there. Now, what's the big deal? It's a personal diary, and I have some sympathy for her. She had some addiction issues. She had this and that, and, you know, like, it just, I read the diary a, a while back. It was on the National File website. I read it during the campaign. I didn't think there was enough there to do anything with. I felt sorry for her. I never mentioned it. Um, I never mentioned the material I saw. It was interesting, though. I mean, she did say some interesting things about Joe. I was content to leave it at that. But I don't think Joe Biden was content to leave it at that. You know why? Because the Federal Bureau of Investigation has been hassling anybody who saw the diary. Uh, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. I mean, they're the ones who made this the FBI. And the FBI does work for Merrick Garland. And Merrick Garland works for Joe Biden. And we know the FBI was totally politicized under Comey. And others. So the FBI is basically doing political dirty work for Joe Biden. Because nobody cares about where those tax returns came when they put them on the Rachel Maddow show illegally. But everybody, I mean, they are arresting people. They are raiding homes. They raided James O'Keefe's house with, you know, tactical gear on. Looking for, oh, what happened here? How did you? How did you come in possession of a girl's diary? You guys really want to break the law for this? 
And by you, I'm talking about the FBI, you guys breaking the law. Somebody needs to go to Joe Biden or one of his minions and say, this does not rise to the level of federal anything. You guys are going to get everybody in big trouble. Well, it's too late. It's too late. You are in trouble. Now I want to get to the the New York Times, by the way. They see that they never they never write about the actual issue. They never do. Now they're trying to besmirch. They're trying to besmirch um, James O'Keefe, anybody who came in possession of that uh, diary. Although they're warming up to the idea. There's a big story in today's paper about this. It's basically critical of, of O'Keefe or anybody else who even thought about the diary. Ashley Biden's diary. And she says some pretty gross things about Joe. I'm sorry. It's in there. I didn't write it. She did. But they're warming up. You know why? Because Hunter Biden is going down. Nobody can save that guy at this point. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Even the swamp, even the swamp, they know, they know, every, everybody knows, everybody knows that Joe Biden is corrupt. Everybody knows it. Every, you know, the New York Times today called Hunter Biden scummy, scummy. <laughs> now you tell us. Now you tell us now that your boy is safely in the White House. Scummy. You think the New York Times scummy, scummy business dealings. Now, everybody you're about to hear from is some Democrat swamp figure, um, and they were there to do anything they could to damage Trump. But put on the spot, these are various Ukraine State Department types, put on the spot they could not deny, and they're under oath, that they had grave concerns about Joe Biden leading this country's policy on Ukraine Back during his vice presidency and Hunter Biden signing up with Burisma in Ukraine, which at the time was considered one of the three most corrupt countries in the entire world. Cut 44. I became aware that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. Soon after that, in a briefing call with the national security staff of the office of the vice president in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interests. I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest. Do you agree that Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma has the potential for the appearance of a conflict of interest? Certainly the potential, yes. And that was Vinman. Remember Vinman? <laughs> the potential, yes. Oh, the appearance, just the appearance. There's no evidence of real corruption. Are you kidding me? And here's evidence of Joe Biden lying about the laptop and other issues. Cut 43. Every single solitary, serious investigator, including your network and others, have looked at this, have said there's absolutely zero basis to the accusation that I enacted any way inappropriately or that my son did. Every major national, international and local News operations looked into it and said it's a lie. This is the president's flat line. So there's not been a scintilla of evidence pointed out that anything is wrong. There's not a single solitary scintilla of evidence anywhere. There's not been one scintilla of evidence that my son ever interfered, that I ever asked me anything, that I ever got involved in anything. 
I mean, come on. This is... So, <laughs> these so, guys are amazing. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. Uh, there's a laptop with about 4 billion gigabytes, terabytes of evidence, okay? Scintilla. Not one little bit of evidence. This is all cooked up by, how does he say Rudy Giuliani? Rudy Giuliani and his, uh, he couldn't even say Giuliani. I mean, now there's evidence. Oh, boy, there's evidence, all right? Now, I don't understand. I don't approve. But somehow mainstream media was able to besmirch, my word of the day, the New York Post, Newsmax, others who dared talk about it, who dared raise it, who dared aired it, we were chased away. But now that the New York Times has said the laptop is legitimate, which they did last week, it's authentic. It was his. It was left in that Wilmington shop. It is. It does sound crazy, but it happened. You know what it sounds like, actually? It sounds divine. Divine intervention, actually. But it exists. It's real. The New York Times, the liberals' beloved Bible, has substantiated it. And where's the coverage? We're, they have no respect for us. They have no respect for us. They think they're going to get away with it. I don't think so. Cut 45, go. Are you going to be satisfied with this? Cut 45. He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. I think we're done here. I think we're done here. Well, talk about transparency, huh? Is that transparency? I think we're done here. Doesn't work for the government. Well, he was telling everybody he was getting busy. Why would you do business with a drug addict? I'm sorry, people have problems, but with a drug addict, I mean, hardcore crack addict, uh, Hunter tells us and told the New Yorker magazine that he was living under a bridge in Los Angeles while his father was vice president. He had a superpower of finding crack cocaine, again, according to him in his memoir. Never wrote anything in his life, but let's give him a book contract. Never painted anything in his life, but let's go ahead and show his work in a prestigious gallery in New York City. And he'll get 500000 right? He, this is stuff that he has said. He's a degenerate. I'm sorry. And everybody can find their way, but he hasn't yet. And while he was in that horrible state, well, he did things obviously corrupt, and his father's involved. And everybody's going to pretend. And why Why is this relevant right now? Well, we want a president who can think clearly and call the shots unentangled by these previous situations. China, Ukraine, Russia, they all have dirt on the president. All of them. They know more than you do. They know more than I do. They know more than anybody does. When you start writing checks, oh, and by the way, one of the people who did... Uh, the mayor of Moscow's wife, Boratina, I think her name is, $3.5 million to the uh, an LLC controlled by Hunter Biden. She is a Russian oligarch. Guess who wasn't sanctioned? The sanctions that are in effect against Russia? 
she wasn't. Why? Why not? I thought we were going after all the oligarch stuff. She's alive. She's out there. She owns property. Why why isn't she on the list? Uh, Anybody? Joe? These are these are valid questions. I mean, is she going to pull that again? Cut 45? Is that going to work? Why is it? Why is it that if you don't want to talk about Hunter, who's no longer in the government, well, you're imposing sanctions on Russia and Russian oligarchs. Is cut 45 going to wash? Let's see that one more time. He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. I think we're done here. Yeah, conflict in his role as president. All right, forget Hunter for the moment. You have sanctions in effect against Russia, Russian government, Russian businesses, American companies are being feeling the heat who are doing business with Russia. All these sanctions, including oligarchs, whatever they are, rich billionaires, right? She qualifies as an oligarch. Why isn't she being sanctioned? I'd like to know. Mike in New Jersey, how about you? Hello. Yes. Hey, Greg. Uh, I, I was waiting on hold to see if you would go back to Katanji Brown, but you're on a roll, and I don't want to inter- interrupt you. Well, I don't care. What, what, what about her? Uh, well, with Katanji Brown, the, the, the reason they're all in awe of her is because they don't think that black people, and especially black women, should be capable of being successful in America. There is something very odd about how they are lowering the standards, even their own, the treatment of that person, as if she could not handle it. I've seen her in action a couple of times. I think she could handle it. And she, quite frankly, deserves the best they can give it. Nobody deserves to be. Go ahead. Their idea of helping black people in America is legalizing crime and not locking up criminals. Well, you know what? They always think that they have found the unicorn when they find a successful black person. You know, you would find a whole lot more if you would enforce the law and stop them from killing each other. Well, we're talking very generally, of course. Uh, So uh, but, you know, we've talked before about the real problems that afflict the black community and um, how little interest there is from Democrats and Republicans often in fixing those problems or even talking about them in an honest way. And that's the scam. That's the biggest scam of Barack Obama. For a brief moment there, he looked like the guy because he was black, because he commanded such respect and the Harvard and all this and great speaker and all that crap that he was the guy who could finally broach the conversation that needed to be had about absentee black fathers. Every community's got them, but no community worse than the African-American community. He said it out loud. You can look it up. He also talked about the slur in the African-American community that if you were good at reading or talking or anything like that, you were acting white. The speech that every everybody fell in love with him back in 2004, the speech that put him on the trajectory as a nobody state senator to become the president of the United States in less than four years, it's because he said stuff like that. And then he walked away. And he's still cashing in. Who benefited from his presidency? Barack Obama. That is it. Selfish guy. Selfish 
Eagle Maniac. Mike, thank you. John, John, what's up? Greg, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, because I, I can't call him the current or current leader. This man on Father's Day should be the person on a poster saying you neglected your son who became a drug addict. You made him so bad that you took money and made him do all the work for you. But meanwhile, you have 100,000 people dead, sons, daughters, all over drugs. And this is the person that should be on a poster child of a neglected father. What do you mean about the 100,000 people dead on drugs? Fentanyl crossing the border. This guy doesn't give a, a hoot about all that fentanyl getting across the border and 100,000 people dead. Okay. From, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> you are correct. Look, even good fathers can lose children to drugs. You can have all the opportunity and all the caring in the world. And children, you know, you hope for the best. You do your best. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't in that family. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, neither do you. I, 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 addiction is, you know, a real problem. I, <laughs> so I, I can't put that on, 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 on Joe, who doesn't drink, by the way, because he actually maybe he knew about addiction, he had addiction issues in the family. I don't know. But you're damn right about all those people coming through and the fentanyl they're bringing with them. Man, and it probably is even more than 100. It's almost like he's trying to ruin this country. It's almost like he's trying. It's hard to believe how he could be worse. John, thank you. You raised some excellent points. Uh, Mike is in Linden, New Jersey, and right behind Staten Island. Curious little town, that Linden, New Jersey. It's got an airport right in the middle of it, right? Yes, it does. Who the hell flies out of there? Oh, you know who flies out of there? Traffic helicopters. Most of the traffic helicopters you see fly out of Linden, uh, and it's like right under the traffic pattern of uh, Newark. It's a tricky place to get into and out of. Anyway, what's up? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Hunter Biden's emails. I mean, I I agree with you 100 percent on one uh, fact of it. The other, I do disagree with you. I mean, the first they're saying it's Russian disinformation. Then it's uh, Hunter's not part of the government. Then it's going to be, is it really a crime? I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous. I they didn't really care if uh, the intentions of uh, or if it was true about the Steele dossier, but that's a whole other. Wait point. a second. What do you disagree with me on? I don't understand. I, I, I disagree with you that nobody's going to pay a price. Joe Biden won't run again. If Hunter even gets convicted, they'll treat him like Jesse Smollett. Maybe he'll do six days in jail and then it's too dangerous and then he'll be out. I mean, the whole thing, nobody's going to pay a price for it. Who's going to get in trouble? Uh, you know what? Miranda Devine wrote the book Laptop from Hell, right? Her name is Miranda Devine. And no, a few months I ago, I know, a few months ago, before I really even knew she, she wrote, this is before the book came out, it was the summer. And I'm like, oh, my God, this information is amazing. And like, oh, my, this writing is incredible. And then it, it, the details of, you know, leaving that uh, laptop off at the store and you know he's drunk and all this stuff and like how do this this is incredible and i just looked up and i saw miranda divine i remember thinking just before i saw the name i'm like this is this is an act of divinity this is a divine act that we have we have this information it's just divine it really is when you think about it that a roadmap right so 
Who knows what's going to happen? But there will be accountability, Mike. Do you know? Do you, does that make sense at all? It, the God is ultimately in in control, man. And you can't you, you can't carry on like this uh, at that level, and all these people know and get away with it. I I I pray you're right, but I don't know. I've seen this story way too many times. It's, uh, it, it, it's it's frustrating. It's I'll frustrating to be sure, but you know what? Um, he'll never frustrate you. <laughs> he really. It, it, I think it's it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Mike, thank you. I'll be right back. Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Oh, uh, what else is going on? I am uh, <laughs> put on some weight lately. Uh, Skinny Center, I was doing so good, but then I put on some weight, and somebody just took a picture of me, and I'm like, oh, is that what I look like right now, for real? Yikes. Uh, you ever get that feeling? All right, that's the motivation I need to get back on track. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to had a good day yesterday. Not great. Well, actually, no, I had a I had dessert. At, at nine o'clock, you know, when they just bring the dessert, sometimes nobody particularly orders it or whatever. And then you all share a cheesecake and then you got the what's that other thing that I used to not like that I do like now? Tierra Masu. It's that's very good. Um, and the cook. Oh, geez. Anyway, it's too late, too late. The way I whenever I do lose weight, uh, skinny center, too, but also the uh, what do you call it? Uh Intermittent fasting, that is a game changer. And more and more people are, you basically have to skip breakfast, everybody. I know it's a pain in the neck, but you got to skip breakfast. Hey, Attorney General Bill Barr, fresh off his book tour, slamming President Trump, is uh, now auditioning. You know, he told me he was retired. I'm retired. I don't have anything to worry about. uh, I see him now as a Fox News contributor giving his commentary about uh, Judge Jackson. I thought he was retired. Is this his way back into the swamp? You got a bad mouth Trump and then they'll let you back in. What's happening with that? That doesn't seem right at all. Presidential politics on display in the Jackson hearing. What else? Oh, the Chinese airliner. Did you see that? I saw it. It a 737 with 132 people crashed. In southern China, and it's on videotape, and the plane goes straight down into the ground. Straight down. And from what I can see, it looks like the engines were running. I could be wrong. I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, and we won't know for a long time, those black boxes, whatnot. But it looked to me like it was flown right into the ground. On purpose by a hijacker. Who the hell knows? We've seen that before. Can't say it's never happened. Straight into the ground. Now, it was not a 737 MAX. It wasn't that. That's the controversial airplane. Not that. It was a ordinary 737. I have an app, by the way. It's amazing. Uh, it's called Flight Radar. You can download it on your phone, and it shows you every plane, essentially, that's flying right now in America, I mean, in the world. And sometimes I do like focusing on a country like China, and then they're going between two cities that I've never heard of, you know? I mean, like, let's see here. Who's flying right now? 
between, well, this is not, no, someone's coming from another place. Let's see here. Let me just see if I can get one. Where's it go? Ah, here we go. Somebody's flying from Hangzhou to Kunming, China. And that's an hour flight. Who? I know people travel domestically, you know what I mean? But sometimes we do have an ethnocentric kind of American-centric view of things. I can be guilty of that. Uh, Let's see. Here's another plane in Africa. It's flying from Nigeria to Ethiopia. Who's making that trip? (laughs) You know what I mean? I I even wonder the same thing about America. Who the hell is going from uh, Idaho to Iowa? Maybe I should... Maybe I should keep these thoughts to myself, but I, I am, I am, um, I am, I wonder about such things. Who else do I wonder? I, I wonder about things, and I wonder about people. Oh, and I don't think I got around to playing you this, but Adam Kinzinger, swamp Republican who desperately wants to be, I think he wants to be tall. Basically, I think he's too short, and I, I, I got a lot of short friends who are not who are not tall. Most of them are okay with it. Every now and then, there's a short guy who doesn't. He's not okay with it. And I think that's Adam Kinzinger. Cut cut forty one, please. If Donald Trump gets the Republican nomination, there are many of us that will move heaven and earth to ensure he doesn't win. I think that's the most important. That he cannot be president again. And that's the part that that gets me. What does that mean? He can't be president again. What? Why not? What if he gets more votes than the other guy? You know what I mean, Dorothy? She's in Pennsylvania. Hello. Greg, I was wondering about Bill Barr. They've uh, sat on that story, the FBI, since I think it was 2019. They had the the story about the laptop. They had the laptop. And uh, nothing was ever brought about Bill Barr. I wonder what chapter that's in his book. Great question. Great question. And you know what? It's amazing that this guy can go around in public and not get questioned about these issues. It's just and and Joe Biden can be near the media every single day asked about well now the uh, the mayor of moscow's wife she's an oligarch and she's not being sanctioned why is that joe does it have anything to do with the three and a half million dollars she sent your family what's he going to say that's been debunked there's no evidence there's not a scintilla of evidence you can't say that anymore tough guy you know what may happen you know what may happen the whole the whole system may turn on him i don't know who's running that system but somebody is and just like they took out Cuomo, they can take him out. Watch. He's not a man who's sleeping well. I guarantee you he's losing sleep. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, yeah. All right. Thank you, Dorothy. Thank All you. Right. See you later. See you later. And it's uh, just about time. I shall return after a brief Lunch break. News and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Ah, yes. Pardon me. Uh, Entertaining. Entertaining. You know what used to be entertaining? Well, I'm sorry. Let's face it. If you were alive in the 1970s, people used to chuckle at the notion of a sex change operation. It, It... for the most part, yes, um, it was considered extremely uh, aberrant behavior, and um, it was sometimes mocked. Maybe that wasn't very nice, but, um, you know, in America, you're allowed to be not nice. 
You're allowed to be not nice, aren't you? Freedom of speech, only if you say things that people agree with? Only if you say things that make the left feel better about themselves? No. If you want to be comfortable, stay home in bed. If you want to be free from any criticism, you can do that. Just don't do anything, say anything, or be anything. This is still America, ma'am. And I don't like Leah Thomas, and I don't like what she stands for. He. The she's a he. Let's face it. This is an abomination. This individual participating in women's sports who is, by definition, stronger, faster, greater endurance, greater lung capacity, because biologically, Leah is a man. Period. And you know what? Pushing her and making us and penalizing us for objecting, for saying, hold the phone, and making us feel like radicals, making us feel like uh, we're cancelable, just because primarily in life, yes, there's a man, there's man and woman, and the trans agenda is not one we're comfortable with. There, I said it. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable with it being thrust upon our children and celebrated. I hate that stupid flag you're always waving around. I like the American flag. Fair enough, fair enough. No. No. You've got to be for this or else. And they certainly got the message over there at NBC News Sports. Reporting on this stuff with a straight face. And they're all celebrating and happy that Leah Thomas is in the pool. Swimming against girls. And they refer to her as a girl. No asterisk, no mention. They're trying to pretend that this is normal. It's not. And Dr. What the hell's her name? Rachel Levine is not normal either. The assistant secretary of the health who was born Richard... 60 years ago in Massachusetts, went to Millie's High School, by the way. Remember him? The guy who lost Afghanistan? Yeah, they went to the same high school. They played football together. Anyway, Richard uh, had a bad case of gender dysphoria, decided to rearrange things, and is now Dr. Rachel Levine. And that's why she was picked for that job, to appease the radical left. Because the radical left owns this administration. And Joe is... A willing participant for a lot of reasons. I don't think he has much of a choice. He had to sell out all over again. This is, his, And that's what he does. But also, I think there might be an element of coercion as well. Because Joe's vulnerable. And Joe now wants to be the biggest leftist since FDR. Shut up. If you did get more votes than Trump, and I don't believe you did, by the way. But if you did... You didn't get them to take this country in a radically weird direction. No. You got it to be a caretaker. And you got it to be normal. Sure, there were people who were upset with the tweets. Whatever. Me, I'm more upset with losing a war. Me, I'm more upset with having a guy who has conflicts in China, Ukraine, and Russia. Anyway, Rachel Levine was named Dr. Rachel Levine, Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, got the job because she's trans or he's trans or whatever the hell it is. 
you know, goes around wearing women's clothing. And the USA Today decided to make her Woman of the Year. Woman of the Year. Now, obviously, they're being cute. Obviously, they're pushing buttons, and that's fine. If you want to push buttons, okay. And we can push them right back, right? No. No, you can't. You ever hear of the Babylon Bee? Babylon Bee is <laughs> it's a satirical website slash newspaper. They're very, very funny. They make fun of everything, and uh, they're, they're, it's kind of like the onion, but more political. And what did they do? They came out and they said, Rachel Levine is man of the year in our book. And they gave her a big award for being man of the year. Well, they got just got chased off at Twitter, and they're accused of engaging in hate speech. Now, you probably don't tweet. A lot of people don't tweet. But tweeting is the way that media companies uh, make money. Some media, Some money comes that way. And getting the word out on Twitter is important. It leads to other things. It leads to other... Uh, you can't not be on Twitter if you're in media. Well, they're off Twitter. And you know what that does? That spooks everybody else. That scares everybody else. <gasps> okay, well, we can't we can't push the transgender issue because, well, we could be banned. They're changing behavior of the entire society. Little by little. And they they do it through intimidation, fear tactics. Really strange. Um, I am on Twitter. Wonder for how much longer, though. If I'll quit or they'll quit for me, I don't know. Back to Leah Thomas. Here she is again. NBC reporting on her like it's normal. Uh, cut thirty-two. Go. In addition to watching for her winning those races, Hoda, we're also watching for the potential. She is within striking distance of the long-held collegiate records by Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. So, of course, we're going to be watching to see if she uh, touches those records during this weekend, too. Wow, that just sounds delightful, right? She, she, she. Talking about her breaking records. This is insanity, isn't it? Let's ask one of her genuine female competitors. Cut 31. You're a Virginia Tech swimmer. What did you think about Leah Thomas competing today? You're all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is, has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition common sense right common sense that's a frontline athlete at, at uva she's speaking common sense yet the collegiate body ncwc news everybody else is just going with this farce how is that and those who are brave enough to say what the hell's going on are being chased off of social media, are being screamed at. You want to be on the right side? Do you want to get through life? Keep your head down. You have an idea? You, you have traditional values? Keep them to yourself. No. You're supposed to spread that, actually. Or I think it's now more important than ever to spread our ideas of tradition and Faith and gender, traditional gender roles. 
Because if we don't, that that insanity will win. And I'm not uh, I'm not comfortable with that. As Eric Adams might say, I'm not comfortable with that. What else do we have from her? Do we have it now? Now, the people, by the way, and so many of them are understandably. Look, I just want to you know do my job and go home. But if you have been bringing to your daughter to swim meet since uh, the third grade, and in walks Leah. Because the New York Times editors want to get their jollies interviewing her, and she wins. How do you feel? And you might feel like these people in the background. Go ahead. Well, you heard a smattering of booze, but I also heard some clapping as well. I kind of heard that. Uh. All right. Push back, stand up, don't be afraid. What can they do to you? Well, <laughs> I guess they can pull strings and get you fired. <laughs> There's that. There is that. But this is still America. And it's worth fighting for. And Kamala Harris, if you wouldn't mind staying overseas, that would be great. Kamala Harris, uh, just this is just pointed out to me. Uh, she's giving a speech somewhere, and I, th- I mean, she was in Europe. Is she back yet? Uh, go ahead, listen to this. It's uh, I'm told it's something. I have not heard it yet, but people are wondering if she's drunk again. Go ahead. And we were all um, doing a tour of the library here, and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Right, the significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. The governor and I. Okay, that's uh, that's not deep. Sorry, that's not too deep. And she's at a podium, and people are actually listening to her. You know what they're also doing? They're looking at each other. Uh, you get on the, the passage of time. The significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is a great significance to the passage of time. There is such great significance to the passage of time, particularly regarding our children. That's a way out, by the way. If you never know what the hell's going on, just bring up kids. There are two ways. I used to see... I, <laughs> If you don't know, if you're an anchor person and you're on the news or you're on the radio or you're at a cocktail party and you don't know what to say next, here's what you say. If you're a liberal, you can say conservative. If you're a conservative, you can say liberal. But here's an example. You say like, well, two two things you can say. Number one, well, why will why won't the mainstream media cover this issue? <laughs> why is the conservative media not covering this issue? And then you can also say, how does this affect our kids? How does this affect our kids? That works. Michael in New Jersey, yes, sir. Greg, how you doing, Greg? Fine. Yeah, I just want to tell you, Greg, they made America into a freak show. It's just, oh, but we got president, the president's a clown, and and it's a freak show now. We need stricter law. We need to go back to stricter laws. No more, you know. 
No more getting away with nothing. Put people in jail. That uh, kind of thing. The laws, uh, you know, the laws aren't that bad. The laws, it's, it's enforcing the laws. And I think you might be talking about decorum and culture. And I, I don't want Joe Biden throwing more laws around, if you know what I mean. I'm already feeling enough uh, shade. I want to. I, I. I. don't know if the answer to our certain our little predicament here is more laws. I don't even like the way that sounds. I want more freedom. I want more freedom, and I want more faith. I want more God, quite frankly, in my life and in the life of others. Where's my Bible, by the way? What? <laughs> this is down in the dumps, Mike. This is down in the dumps, Mike. Oh, you. I'm Bible too. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, you had a lot of people worried about you, so you're good now, right? Yeah, I'm playing my guitar. I'm happy with that, but but I'm not I'm not happy with what's going on in the world. But I can't let that stop me from playing my guitar and being happy with that. Exactly. I heard He's Paul McCartney. She's playing that piano too, because I you got to get her a piano. Who? You get. You get your daughter a piano. When I was on the phone with you. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we're going to do that, but uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. As it is, we got her signed up, it seems like, for everything, for ballerina, for this, that, and the other thing. Piano, too. I want this kid to have time to be a kid. You know what I mean, Michael? Thank you for calling. I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, sometimes you can over over schedule these guys. Mike in New Jersey. Yes, sir. Hello. Hi, Craig. Uh, you were talking a little bit before about aviation, and um, we all know that you uh, flew jets in the Air Force. But I've always been curious to know the, the background of, like, when you started, how you wound up getting into the Air Force and flying jets, because not everybody could do that just by joining the Air Force. Did you get your private license as a young man or something? Yeah. Just really curious to know the background and your aviation background. Well, thanks for asking. Uh, first off, I was a jet pilot in the Marine Corps, not the Air Force. About one-third of the Marine Corps is dedicated to aviation. A lot of folks don't know that. I enrolled in the officer program in freshman year of uh, freshman of uh, my, uh, my freshman year at Fordham University. I signed a piece of paper and said, I'm going to go to officer candidate school, and uh, I have to go this summer, and I have to go the following summer. And if I get through with that and get through with college, they're going to make me a Marine Corps officer. And then they came to me and they said, would you mind taking this test? It's, a, it's an aviation aptitude test. And I said, I don't think I have much aptitude when it comes to aviation because I'm not good in math. They said, don't worry about it. We don't want you to design planes. We just want you to fly them. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So I passed the test, graduated in 1991. They sent me to six months of infantry training. But I had a guaranteed seat in flight school. And sure enough, um, they sent me to flight school in 1992 to learn how to fly the T-34 Buckeye and then the T-2, uh, no, wait, the T-34 Mentor, the T-2 Buckeye, and then the A-4 Skyhawk. And after that, I flew the Harrier uh, jump jet, AV-8B. But you remind me of something. I did become a private pilot in my senior year of college. I, uh, I, I learned how to fly at Republic Airport. It was an amazing experience. I enjoyed enjoyed it so much. If you're ever tempted to learn how to fly, I, I, I encourage it. It can be pretty pricey, and you got to stick with it. It's very easy to give up. Do you fly, Mike? I did get my private as a bucket list item. Uh, I don't fly right now because I had a health issue. I don't know if I would even qualify for a third-class medical right now. <clears throat> Plus, I, I'm, I don't have the kind of money to buy a plane, and I uh, used to rent 
yeah. from the school in New Jersey that I that I trained in. Yeah, no, it can, it can get really pricey. And uh, but I listen. I'm not flying myself these days. And if I do go flying, I'll take somebody with me. The last guy I went flying with, by the way, of all people, Nick Gregory. The weather guy on Channel 5, he is a very good pilot, has all the ratings. He's a CFI. He's all this stuff. And I, I would only go flying with somebody, you know, really current like that because that guy flies almost every day. Mike, thank you. i got to take a quick break. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Yikes. All right. What the hell's going on in Ukraine? Uh, I heard one interesting theory. Uh, Putin is basically losing I mean, he's not winning, and for him, that's kind of like losing. So he's trying to create a refugee crisis for all of Europe that would pressure Ukraine into hastily agreeing to whatever peace terms Putin comes up with. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people are now leaving the country. Um, That is conceivable. Uh, We'll see. Hey, the other thing, look... uh, (laughs) I know Russia did an awful thing here. This is a war of uh, choice and never should have happened. But I also, you know, I don't know that much about Zelensky. I, I, I just, all right. I mean, I know everyone's telling me he's the hero. He's the man. And he does uh, you know, make a good YouTube video and uh, all that stuff. But I don't know too much about this guy. And I've been seeing some videos from Ukraine that are very disturbing. Yes, we've all seen the horrible images of, uh, gosh, when they hit the hospital and then they hit the theater with all the kids. And I mean, there's some really horrible things. It's one of the many reasons to avoid war at all costs. Only go to war when it's absolutely necessary because – and, you know, that's one thing that Putin never got in his little brain of his that – I mean, he's never seen war, actually. And you can romanticize war. You can think that – uh it's clean. You can think it's antiseptic. You can think, oh, others screw it up, but I would never screw it up. I'm smart. George W. Bush, Paul Wolfowitz, Don Rumsfeld, all those guys. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it smart. Speed kills. Remember that? Speed kills. No, it doesn't. It just passes up your enemy. Anyway, um, I've been seeing some very disturbing videos of Ukrainian uh, people I guess, suspected of working with the Russians. And they have been abusing them, harming them, taping them to poles, taping them literally with masking tape and children being abused and their pants being pulled down and just horrible things. I've seen POWs from Russia being abused. And you're not allowed to do that. And here's why. Okay. Um <laughs> We don't want our guys to be treated the same way. You get it? I guess it doesn't apply to us right now, but it's one of the reasons why you treat POWs with respect. Because sooner or later in a conflict, you're going to lose some guys to the other side. And you don't want what's happening to them to happen to us or to us to happen to them. You know what I mean. It's one of the reasons why Abu Ghraib was such a horrible event. You remember that? American soldiers were uh, humiliating Iraqi prisoners, you know, making them strip down and doing all these weird. What the hell was that? Making them form pyramids and just strange, strange. Hey, there's the music again. Uh, All right. Shoot. I wanted to talk to uh, Russell first, but I'll. All right. Let me fix this. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
WABC. WABC. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. You know, overt racism against white people is now actively encouraged. It is the default position. If you are white, you are part of the problem, and a lot of white people are going along with it. I have said before, I shall say again, I don't want anybody in this country judged on things they cannot control. You cannot control your race. You cannot control your orientation, your gender, all that stuff. I don't think people should be judged on. All right. Fair enough. Don't judge me because I'm white. I had nothing to do with it. I'm not proud of it, but I'm also not ashamed of it. And Hey, wait a second, Greg. Why aren't you proud of that? Well, I had nothing to do with it. All right. The guy called me before, wanted to know about my flying. I'm proud of that. I had something to do with it, but I had nothing to do with this. I mean, I'm happy to be alive and a human being and all that stuff, and it's great to be alive. It's great to be a child of God, but, I mean, that he made me white. I mean, I like the way he made me, but is it, like, white? I I don't find that to be a big thing. I just I can't take pride in that. That would be kind of weird. Why is everybody else taking pride in all this stuff that they had nothing to do with? And why is it being now used against so many people. New York Post had a very interesting story yesterday. CUNY, the City University of New York, student petitions to cancel the opera about Emmett Till. You know Emmett Till? Back in the 1950s, 14-year-old kid was uh, horribly tortured and lynched, murdered by an angry mob because he whistled at a woman. And yes, there was a racial component here. He was black, the woman was white, those who lynched him were white. And it was a horrible, horrible, horrible uh, episode. Well, listen to this. Uh, (laughs) A petition to cancel a CUNY school production of an opera about Emmett Till, written by a white woman, was gaining steam on Saturday. That's the problem for them. It was written by a white woman. More than 11,000 people had signed the appeal to close the curtains on Emmett Till, an American opera at John Jay College's Gerald W. Lynch Theater next week agreeing with a student who said the show was about the librettist Claire Cross's white guilt. I think a librettist is an opera term. Must be the writer of the opera. Can you look up librettist for me? L-I-B-R-E-T-T-I-S-D. Librettist. Emmett Till was 14 when he was lynched for allegedly flirting with a white woman in Mississippi in 1955. His brutal murder came became a rallying cry in the civil rights movement. The play, written by Miss Cross and composed by Mary D. Watkins, who is black, explores themes of social justice, the flaws within the justice system, white silence and allyship, racial inequality, and the complexities of the human experience, according to its synopsis. But petition author Maya Bishop alleged the opera flames the tragedy through the eyes of a fictional progressive white woman a teacher in the production. (laughs) Excuse me. Claire Cross has creatively centered her white guilt by using this play to make the racially motivated brutal torture and murder of a 14-year-old child about her white self and her white feelings. You You hear the racism there? You hear the hatred, by the way? A representative for Cross and Watkins said Bishop's assertion that the story centers around the teacher is incorrect saying the plot actually focuses around Till's activist mother, Marnie Till Mobley. Okay, but hey, oh, by the way, what if it did focus on this white woman and her reaction? She made the opera. She found a theater that would put it on. So much easier to destroy than create. 
Remember that. The white teacher represents the concepts of white silence and white supremacy, Nina Flowers told The Post. Koss is 86 years old. She issued her own statement about what inspired her and Watkins to collaborate in the opera. Mary was 15 in 1955, and I was 20, each of us deeply and differently impacted by the barbaric lynching of 14-year-old Emmett Till in the Mississippi Delta and the failure of justice. Watkins also slammed the petitioner and the thousands who signed in on a statement. It is an insult to me as a black woman and to the company members who are African-American. Sounds to me like you chose the wrong collaborator who's white. That's the problem. When reached for a comment, a CUNY spokesperson said the opera was an outside production and declined to comment. Oh, boy, this thing's getting canceled. (laughs) The producers did not immediately respond to a request for a comment from the Post. Tickets for the show's two-night run were available online on Saturday. Let me click and see if they're still available. Emmett Till Opera, uh, March 23rd and 24th. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Well, let's see. Do I really want to go? Not really. Uh, But I want it to exist. I want to have the option. And right now, as of the moment, you do too. But 11,000 angry kids who are feeling uh, woke and virtuous and signing a petition, that could put a stop to all this. It really, it could, just like that. So much easier to destroy than create. Hey, by the way, what's a librettist? Did you find out? Well, a librettist is a person who writes the text of an opera or other local vocal work, All right. or the long vocal work. Rather. I kind of figured that out by the, uh, what do they call it, the uh, the circumstances of the word's occurrence, if you will. Hey, by the way, one more time about this crazy uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, Richard Levine, now the Assistant Secretary of Health, just to stick it in everybody's eye. This is a person who underwent sex change surgery at some point and now identifies as a woman. USA Today, to further push buttons, uh, made her Woman of the Year. Babylon B made fun of that, calling her the Man of the Year. They kicked Babylon B off of Twitter. That's actually a very big deal. 1.5 million followers they have. Taking somebody off social media, especially if you're in the media business, is dangerous for them, their livelihood, their longevity. They want to shape our behavior, shape our perception. And that's not America, baby. You're you're supposed to be free to disagree, and you're supposed to be free to make fun of stuff. So Rachel Levine, by the way, here's one of the reasons why they uh, they like her so much, is because she's after children. She wants children to do this stuff, and you want proof? What person, what responsible person would not answer a question from Rand Paul? Listen to Rand Paul. You know who he is, right? The senator from Kentucky happens to be a doctor, a medical doctor, an ophthalmologist, knows his stuff, and he's a thoughtful man. And he doesn't think that this kind of irreversible surgery should be done on children. And that was his line of inquiry. And Dr. Richard Levine, Rachel Levine, wouldn't, well, wouldn't, would not give a substantive answer. Evaded, dodged, dangerous, go. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. 
like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95 percent of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine. Non-answer. And it went on like that. It goes on like that, right? Let me hear the next question, if you don't mind, please. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breast and genitalia? What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, And if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Ay, ay, ay. Sickening, by the way. Could not come out and say puberty-reversing drugs should not be prescribed to children. And they let that happen. She's confirmed. That's the way the system works now. That's the way it works. Uh, I have one other thing, and this guy is a hero in my book. Forget, you know who the greatest journalist is in all of America? Uh, Some guy in Iowa. You're going to hear his voice. Nobody knows his name. He should have been on the cover of every newspaper in the country. He was the lone person out there, to, other than Donald Trump, to confront Joe Biden about this scummy arrangement, scummy, S-C-U-M-M-Y. I'm quoting the New York Times. They actually call that scummy. The scummy arrangement that Hunter Biden had going with Burisma and his dad, the big guy. It's back when Joe's running for running for president. He's vice president. He's in Iowa. It's not doing well, by the way. This is just before COVID. And uh, this guy is amazing. Now, is he is he the most eloquent person? No. Does he have it all straightened out in his head? No. And that's fine, though. The essence, the substance of what he's getting at is true. And Joe knows it. And how does he respond? Watch. Has been messing around in the Ukraine over there. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there. You're, you're selling access to the president just like he was. 
So you you're got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that? No one has proved that? I no? Said, you I said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I, Get your word straight, Jack. <laughs> Jack? Well, how else did he get that job in the oil company? Huh? How else did your crack addict living under a bridge son get $83,000 a year from a month? I'm Correction, a month. $83,000 a month from some corrupt firm named Burisma in Ukraine. Because they were looking for a drug addict who lived under a bridge? Because of you, you big fat liar. Amazing. And it was all on that guy. Months go by. And Joe insulted him, too, by the way. Oh, Joe said all kinds of horrible things about him. I'm smarter than you. I'm more fit than you. I could take you. Let's have a fight outside. But. What is it? Democrat immunity? What is it? You know, I don't socialize with these people anymore. I used to have some friends in media. I I really don't anymore. I um, A lot of them have distanced themselves from me. That's totally fine. Um, I just don't understand how they can look at this and say it's okay. Is there distaste for Donald Trump? Is it that much? I don't know. I really don't. Maybe I should reach out. Maybe I should... Uh, okay. One other thing here. I got to go to, uh, we got Doug in Huntington. Yes. Greg, how you doing today? Good. Good. Uh, I want to just make a comment or maybe not a comment. What I would do if I were any of these girls, uh, competing against this guy who is, are you thinking about doing anything along those lines? If you know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, I think I'm way beyond that. <laughs> all right, keep going. Sorry, what? All these girls, all these girls, none of them really want to speak up. The one girl spoke up over the weekend who got knocked out of the, the championship because of what Leah Thompson or Thomas, whatever her name is. All these girls should get up on the starting line. And... Oh shoot! They should all take a step backwards. They should let that guy go by himself in the pool. Ooh, that's a good idea, actually. Let him go swimming. Just they, nobody goes in the water. Just him. <laughs> that that would be pretty powerful. I like it, pal. I like it a lot. Thank you, Doug. Joe is in New Jersey. Yes. What's the problem, Joe? Can you hear us? Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are you there? You're on the air. What's going on? How you doing, Joe? Hey, listen, real quick. No, you're Joe. I was listening, I was listening to you um, on uh, Martin Luther King weekend, I think it was. I just got a quick question. Um, you were saying I wasn't working Martin Luther King, King weekend. I always take that day off. No, I don't. It was a Saturday. I, no, it was a Saturday. I was definitely, I was not working on Saturday. Okay, but I, I okay, all right. You, you, well, I, who do you think, what no, happened? Right, what anyway, happened? I was not working on a Saturday. What happened? Okay. The guy, whoever it was, he said that, um, do I think that they should have Martin Luther King Day off for a day? Uh, And he said no. And I was just curious, you know, why? I mean, the guy took a bullet in the head for civil rights. Why wouldn't you think it would be a holiday? Uh, uh, Number one, I wasn't here on Saturday. Uh, Number two, um, you know, do we have JFK Day? He took a bullet in the head, didn't he? 
No, I mean, well, how many days? How many days off are we going to have? In, 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 when, I mean, we don't come to think of it. Look, Martin Luther King died before I was alive. He gave some great speeches. He did some things. I'm sure. I, I, I'm not the Martin Luther King guy. I don't know. Um, it was debated. It was a debatable issue. But that's your that's your threshold. If you get shot and you're a good guy, we should take the day off, right? I got you. Well, no, no. It's, this is more, you know, it, it, that's not the point I'm trying to make. But anyway, let's go to the Hunter Biden thing. Oh, that's what you were talking Joe, about, I got to right? go. I know at one point of the time, and I do have to go. Actually, Joe, I appreciate. it. I got to run. I'll be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Check, check. Um, hey, we need to stop the bicycles in New York City. We need to stop these silly bicycles, these delivery boys, these uh, these twenty-something hipsters going to they, everything's crazy. They go backwards, they go forwards. Some guy on an ordinary bike. Have you noticed they souped up all the regular bikes and now they go forty miles per hour? It looks like a bike, but it's basically a motorcycle of some kind. Uh, Here's what's going to happen. I think um, this might actually bring on change, change we need. Uh, and I hate to say it, but it's not enough. Do you remember Bono got hit when he was in Central Park? Some guy hit him on a bike. He was on a bike, too. They were going way too fast. Well, Bono lived, and that's great. Uh, but if he had died, I think there would have been more change. And I think it might have to take... I don't know. I don't want anybody to die, but we this is somebody is going to die. They're they're just totally out of control and there's something else that's going on that's kind of weird. I notice this myself because of the new way we park cars and the bike lanes and the bus lanes and everything like that. I've noticed myself when I cross the street, it's all different now. It's different. We're, a couple of things. It's harder to assess which way the traffic is actually going. It's also, we are just the muscle memory. We don't check the bike lane, and the bikes are not stopping at the red lights. Um, gosh, I think it might be time to get the hell out of the city. I really do. It's just a little bit too dicey in here. And we got lunatics all over the place. Eric Adams is totally, totally unequipped to handle it. No idea whatsoever. He brings back the anti-crime unit. Now, anti-crime was an undercover unit. Plain clothes. Plain clothes. There was ways cops could identify each other, but it didn't say NYPD, police. It didn't say. <laughs> and that's what we have. He's reimagining the police department. I see they're wearing light blue, like, polo shirts. Light blue polo. That say NYPD in big letters. This is... Uh, and they're they're actually and they get credit, they get credit from New York One. They get credit from, uh, well, the New York Times, of course, and the Post. Hey, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys, Pennsylvania, I believe, needs Dr. Oz in that United States Senate. Now, I am hearing number one, that guy McClintock, McKinning, what the hell is his name again? Is running against him, Dave. Dave, here's the thing about Dave. He used to be a pretty boy. He's not so pretty anymore, but he always had promise, and he's a swamp Republican, and they're just, they want this guy. The insiders want him. Just like the insiders in 2016, who did they want? 
They didn't want Trump. They wanted Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. The son of a president, the brother of a president. Now they're pushing a hedge fund billionaire on you guys in Pennsylvania. I don't think that's going to work. That's what the insiders want. Dr. Oz brings world-class talent. What do you want, a guy who can shake down the teachers union for $500 million? Or a guy who actually knows how to save your life. You talk to most politicians. I mean, they have almost nothing of value to say to you. Nothing. They take. They take money. They take. They take. Someday you might need a favor. I mean, maybe they're good for that. And they'll have to call the guy who can actually do it for you because they can't. They're just, I mean, nine out of ten of them, totally empty suits. Nothing going on there. Uh, and they crave this adulation. Dr. Oz is a cardiac cardiac surgeon, a thoracic surgeon. I know what a I know cardio is other related to the heart. What's the thoracic part? Other related to the thorax, the the, the 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 throat, the larynx. Okay. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine having that skill? And he's a phenomenal communicator. I'm looking forward to the debate. I'm under, I understand that the McCormick team is getting a little bit, a little bit racist, a little bit bigoted in their attacks on Dr. Oz. Imagine that the Republican Party going racist, huh? Lay off it if you know what's good for you. Pennsylvania ain't going to like that. Dr. Oz, I believe, is moving the needle in a big way. <clears throat> I'd love to see him. Oh, the other thing is people come to me. They're like, hey, you know, he's friends with Oprah. Well, so what? You know, I put on Twitter and I love Trump. You guys know how I feel about Trump. I love his policies. I love his style. I, I, I like his personality. I like him. I think he's a really cool guy. Before he got into politics, he was really good friends with Oprah Winfrey. There are a million pictures of these guys together. Hugging, kissing. I mean, they were tight. In fact... Donald Trump was asked, would you make Oprah Winfrey your running mate? This is in 2015. He didn't say no. (laughs) So it's okay to be friends with um, Oprah. I don't agree with her on politics. I met her once. I'm not going to. I mean, anyway, keep an eye on Dr. Oz. I think he's going to win. I'll see you tonight at 7 o'clock on Newsmax. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.